the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome back to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me once again to discuss all things in the wonderful world of Tottenham Hotspur. It's my partner in crime, it's Matt. Sam, are you starting to believe... No. <laughs> and on. that's our show. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's a nightmare, isn't it, this bloody club? Oh, what are you doing to me? You're like, a few weeks ago, I was done. You're dead to me. I've got nothing. You up and down all the time. You're driving me insane. And then we... Then we go 1-0 down against Newcastle at home, and I'm thinking, oh, Tottenham, stop being Tottenham for just five minutes. Stop being you. And then we come back and smash them 5-1. Destroyed them. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, I, I can feel it. I can feel it. But, like, don't get carried away, Sam. Don't get carried away. It's, you know, uh, the other teams are in great form, you know. And but are they? Going to think. And then I look and I see Crystal Palace demolish Arsenal 3-0. And I'm like... Ooh, it's the hope that kills you. <laughs> um, it is it is bananas uh, this season. It really is. But I think a lot of that we can attribute to um, still a COVID hangover, perhaps. But you know, it's a season where we have swapped managers. You know, so it is always going to be a odd season because let's face it. I think you couldn't probably get more chalk and cheese between Nuno and Antonio Conte. Yeah, especially when it comes to the emotion on the sidelines. Oh my word. I mean, it's I, got a, you got I, a lip, lip licker and someone yeah. who literally just goes absolutely bananas. Was, was it you who said it or was it someone no, it said it to me. us? It used to irritate yeah. me because I, I used to like try to really defend him yeah. and it's like, for God's sake, just stop picking on him with every sing, single minor thing that you and see. And then you see it and you can't <laughs> unsee it, yeah. It's like the jackass who's got me watching every throw in now. Yeah, I'm still doing it. Oh, Sam, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> no, I can't because the problem is just as I start to relax, some idiot did a foul throw the other day and I'm like, ah, oh, that's it. Now I need to know why he's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. My brain works in mysterious ways. Uh, but yeah, we are going to open the podcast talking about uh, Tottenham Hotspur 5, Newcastle United 1. Um, if there's a team that deserves to be smashed around, it's them. Um, very, very happy to do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I know, and off off air on the podcast last week, we me, you weren't feeling well, which everyone knew. We said that on the show. But you, what people we didn't know is you were planning to run the, the Paris Marathon. Yes. Um, which meant, of course, that you were unable to attend the Tottenham game of Tottenham 5, Newcastle 1. Yeah, I'm going to do this to you, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. And I said to you, I said, it'd be bloody sod's law. <laughs> we'll give them a right idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we both had a really good laugh. <laughs> yeah, that ain't happen. <laughs> no, I know. But it was like, oh, yeah, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> so I'm curious, mate, as the fifth goal went in and you saw that stand erupt into pure ecstasy was there a part of you sitting on your sofa watching it thinking 
bastards. Oh, do you know? Do, do you know what? I, I, I'll be completely honest. As a, as a season ticket holder, I get to go to so many games. That, look, don't get yeah. me wrong. I would I would love to have been there. I'm not trying to deny that I would love no, to have been no, there, no. but it's not like that was my one ticket for the season. You yeah, know? I've well, seen some no, cracking you're, games. So yeah, you're you're, you're a good man. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd, I'd have hated everyone in that stand yeah. <laughs> with a petty vengeance. Do, do, do you know what? It's funny because um, like. Yeah, if you'd give me the choice, I would have been in the in the stadium. But but at the same time, it's good. I know it, it's it's great being like it's better being there. Like that's my that's yeah, my my opinion. It it's better yeah. being in the stadium. But uh, watching it on television, you do get yeah. to see things that you don't get to see live. Like for example, yeah, watching Conte going mad, right? Which I love. Yeah, like because you're you're jumping up and you're looking at the screen, and you can see him yeah. running at the at his yeah. coaching staff and stuff. And yeah, I, I just like me and me and Seb watched it indoors on television. Yeah. And uh, Le- uh, Layla, this is this is one one reason why another reason why I always shows at the stadium as well is uh, Layla sitting in my lap, and uh, I'm like Layla, me and Seb watching the football now, so mm. you best just go to your bedroom. Do you know, just go somewhere <laughs> away from where we are. Yeah, refusing to. So obviously, when we, because. <laughs> It's one of those one of those things, isn't it? You could be playing. Um, we could be playing Leighton Orient, for example. If Leighton Orient are one nil up, yeah. actually, that's a good example. That do you remember in the FA Cup game that we played? There was yeah. that, that team yeah. in League Two or League One, and they were yeah. one nil up. When you when you score to equalise, when you're yeah. losing to a team that you there should be really beating, there is serious relief. This yeah. is up uproar and shouting, yeah. and she still thinks. Even though I've taken to her game, I think I took her to the Brent, was it the Brentford game? One of the games I took her to this yeah. season. She still thinks that we're shouting at her every time. Oh, it's like Layla, no. it's not towards you, and it's happy aggression, right? Yeah. But I guess to her, me and now Seb's proper involved. It yeah. is just a roaring. Do you know what I mean? And we, oh, and we're both used to being at the stadium it. now, so you know the, that's that massive cheer that it comes up. Now, but you, you make sure you're not mean to poor lady. She's my favourite artist. <laughs> oh yeah, bless yes, her. Yes, above above my desk here as I record Spurs News podcast is a Layla official portrait that she did for me for Tottenham, oh. and it is pride of place, my friend. She it loves her. Little, she loves her drawing. But yeah, I think yeah. after about the, the third goal went in, I think she gave up and then went upstairs because she was getting too upset with it. <laughs> but Layla, go upstairs. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. stop cheering every time we score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have a compromise here. Go away. Yeah, You're not oh, going to stop us. Yeah. It's funny because it's like when she gets older, if you try and tell her that she did that, she'll be like, no, I didn't. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, I, my memory of that is you two just shouting at me all the time. It's like, no. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I grew up, my, my dad and my brother used to just shout at me for sitting with them. That's not true. Yeah, it? the football context when we put into it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's just it. That's all that's the memory. She goes into school Monday. My dad shouted at me at the weekend. Well, what did he shout at me about? Something about getting there, you bastard. I don't know what that means. Do you know what, though? I don't know if my, yeah, I don't know if my memory serves right, but have you seen that... that um video, funny video, that guy that he's sitting with his mates and the cushion just explodes and he just flies up in the air. And that's no. The, it's, it's bizarre. He's just sitting there. I'll have to send it to you. We're, we're, yeah. we're off it, but uh, I, I, I seem to remember what the second cut was. He went in. Like, he was sitting, sitting in the cushion and I'm like, did I actually send her over there? Or oh, she... no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no idea of my surroundings right now. Yeah. You just lose oh, it. 
I I tried the one that I proper lost it on was the third goal. I I think going two one up was great, and but I always have that. Don't take your foot off. You know, Tottenham have got that. Damn, we're one nil down. Ah, we're two one up. Brilliant. Now let's coast. No, no, no. No, And and when we when we got the third, which was a great goal by the way, that was that was back to front, played through them, and Sonny, you know, cool bang, put it away. that was that was the one. That was the one that proper got me. <laughs> do, do you know? What, do you know what I love? I know. I know. Obviously, it, it's not a coincidence because uh, Pochettino used to play a similar um, uh, a formation. But I love how the wing backs now, are, like you know, I remember Danny Rose yeah. running in and smashing it in, and same with Carl yeah. Walker. Now we're seeing our guys do it now. You know. Well, it's, it, what's interesting is like the difference between uh, Pochettino's setup and Conte. Is Pochettino asked a hell of a lot because they were fullbacks, not wingbacks, mm. and he expected them, Walker and Rose, to basically act like wingbacks but defend like fullbacks. And, and there is a big difference. There really is. Um, you look at Ben Davis and how he's playing as a left-sided central defender right now. That's you know he's a fullback yeah, really, yeah. you know, a defender. You want Ben Davis to be the overlapping attacking force of like a winger. It just just doesn't happen. Um, he can come forward and you know be an extra man to try and overload, but you know he's, he's not he's not that guy. Assessing for example, really has all the qualities of a good tricky English winger, but doesn't quite have that fullback ability. But as a wingback, I, I think we really have got a player there if if he can stay fit. A uh, great interview with Regulong as well, talking about the adjustment from fullback to wingback. But yeah, seeing Conte, me and you talked a lot about it, about the fact that under Nuno, it was like, we can't see what they're trying to do. It's like, you know, this is this is this was the problem for me. Because when we were watching it, like, if your results are bad, but you can see a pattern emerging, you're like, okay, we're not doing all right now, but at least I can see the evolution. I know where this team are trying to go. And when it clicks, I think we'll be okay. That happened with Pochettino at the beginning. I think a lot of fans looked at him and the results aren't good, but I, you know, I can really see this system. And with the players we got, yeah, this could work. And it did. Conte came in and straight away you could see things started to change. We're now seeing... I don't know how many months he's been in charge. November but... he joined, so what we're looking okay. at is about five months, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You, it's his team now. Yes. You know what I mean? You can really see that it's his team now because every player who is playing is completely buying into it. And the best evidence of that is what you said, is the is the wing-backs. Because they are now arriving at the back post constantly. And it doesn't matter who's on the pitch or whether they're playing on the left side or the right side. They know exactly what's expected of them. And we we watched a game against Newcastle where we scored five goals. Kane didn't score, <laughs> which you know. And there's five separate goal scorers. <laughs> I know. I can't. What would you got think there? Of a, no, I know. I can't think of a time where where that's happened in recent memory. But not only was it five different goal scorers, the wingbacks both scored. I mean, if you looked at that on the start of the team sheet five months ago, you got Royale at right wing back and you got Doherty at left wing back. Pretty much every single one of us would be going, oh, what yeah. a day this is going to be. I know, you're so right. The odds of them to both scoring and having pretty decent games offensively and defensively 
would have been free roof. I think if I'd gone to a bookies with that bet, yeah, I want both of them to score, Tottenham to score five. I'll let them have one. The Bucamers, we've got to look, mate, keep your money. That's, yeah, I'm not going to rob you. We're not, we're not even going to create odds for that. That's, that's ridiculous. Silly. Go Stop away, being yeah. silly. Go away. Yeah, yeah, go away. Go away. All right, fine. You want to put a quid on, we'll give you a million. Oh, damn! You know? <laughs> Yeah, it just it just would have been exponential, and us as fans, no one would have created that bet because no one would have believed it. I don't think Doherty or Royale would have believed it, and yet here we are with both of them. When it gets to a point where they've created these overlaps, they are actually becoming real attacking threats. Yeah, Kane's dropping deep. They are attacking the post. They are literally launching themselves into the box for for defensive for defending that must be a nightmare you know you're okay i've picked up sunny i've got you know uh kulisevsky's there i know where kane is where the bloody old matt doherty yeah. come from <laughs> do, do, you know, do you know what is so true and that that matt doherty goal you know and i know yeah. you talk about kane as well i yeah. mean jesus kane's passing ability yeah. is it's it's scary i mean he, he so you good. see he looks up you see you see doherty coming in arms up to me to me to me yeah. And he gets it on his head on a sixpence, yeah. doesn't he? It is insane. It is it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I I stand by the the statement that if Harry Kane could be on the end of Harry Kane passes, he'd score twice as much as he does yeah, every absolutely. season. He um <clears throat> his footballing ability um is is so funny because I watched him as a young player and he always struck me as a ten, like a. Uh, dropping deep, Teddy Sheringham. You know, he didn't strike me as a Alan Shearer is going to score us 300 goals. He, he struck me as a guy who's going to pick up 10 goals, 10 assists in a season, and we'd all just be freaking ecstatic. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? He just Because he had that in his locker. And then when he came through, he was just barreling them in. And the guy took on shots from everywhere. You know, and he, he just came onto the scene... Kane got the ball, Kane was going to shoot. <laughs> Kane was going to you know, barrel in on goal. And it's almost like he's naturally um, getting older. Okay, I can't quite burst past someone because of my ankle now. All right, so I'm going to control the ball and pick someone out. Uh, you know, I'm going to revert back to that. And it's possibly a confidence thing as well. You know, you come through and you just want to... I'm a striker, I need to score, you know, and now he's like, I'm Harry Kane, I'm England captain, I'm the man, I'm going to play it my way. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it's, it's it's something to behold, you know, when you, when you see him pick the ball up on a halfway line, I remember a long time ago thinking to myself, it is such a waste, because the rest of the team aren't in tune with it, which basically means that when Kane's dropped that deep, it's not, you know, we're, we're kind of stuck. Um, now, and again, this is definitely coaching. If Kane picks that ball up, our wing backs are running. Yeah, yeah. Sonny is going full pelt and Kulisevsky is finding space. Here's a side note. How intelligent a footballer is that kid? Who, Kulisevsky? Kulisevsky, yeah. Really, yeah. I, I, um, I, I watch strange things when I'm watching games sometimes. And someone and when people point stuff out to me, uh, like I've joked about the throw-ins, I can't get it out of my head. And someone said to me, the two players who came in, he said, watch how hard they work to always be available to get the ball. And I thought, okay, all right, well, next next time I'm watching, I'll, I'll see what they mean. Bentoncourt, for example, everything's a simple pass. Everything is all about it, which very Harry Winks, by the way, but just does it 
at another level. He looks he to really go does. forward all the time, Ben Every single yeah. time. And the thing about him which just staggered me in this game is every time he touches the ball, he moves straight away to receive it again. It's like, and he's looking. So if he passes the ball, he's straight away looking for another pass whilst moving. Anyone who, who just enjoys silly things like this, next time you watch Tottenham play, watch him do this. It is constant. It is perpetual motion. And it must be a joy for players around him, like Hoybier and others. And if you're a defender and you're on the ball and you've been closed down, it must be wonderful to know you have that release again. The only thing I can liken that to is when we had Dembele in the Pochettino team, which is every defender used to be like, oh, give it to him. <laughs> you know, it's fine. The ball is now safe. Yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> we are good. Benchinker is a lot like that. You know, he just picks the ball and it just moves and moves. And they they showed us, someone did like a little highlight video of his time with us already. And they showed the amount of times that he tra- he personally is the transition from defence to attack. And it's normally, it's not him bringing the ball forward, it's normally a combination of like three or four passes, but he takes it from the back four and he works the ball via other people at the pitch. Sure. Kulisevsky, from what I'm talking about an intelligent football player, he is just finding space all of the time. And with a guy like Harry Kane, it just must be a joy to, to play with him because... He is literally finding space out wide, and then he does um, <clears throat> the underlap thing as well, which is what he does brilliantly. So what I mean by that is everyone knows what an overlap is. So, you know, you get the ball, and a guy goes running past you, and you overlap. You've got him on the inside. The underlap thing is basically the reverse of that. So you've got a defender who's trying to hold his line because he doesn't want someone to get around him, and you come in on the inside. Mm. So when you've got wing backs. Kulisevsky is using his intelligence, which basically means, okay, I know that Royale or Doherty or whoever's my wing back with me is going to go bombing past me now Kane's on the ball. So if he does that and the fullback's got to watch him, I'll go that way. Yeah. <laughs> and that way, the Kane can pick Doherty. If the, if, the, if the defender comes with me, Doherty's there. If the defender goes with Doherty, I'm here. But the thing that I mark him out as intelligent is he's watching the game constantly because obviously sometimes people will double up. He just stops. He stands still, which doesn't sound like an impressive thing, but everyone's sprinting here, there and everywhere and he just stops and all of a sudden that creates the space. He literally just stops. They all run off and he just gets the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just it is, it is something... Do, do, yeah, do, it, do, is, it is really fun to watch. Do you think that's... Do you think that's um, his intelligence, or do you think that's something that Conte's coached? Um, I, I don't. Well, it's a difficult thing. I, I think it's him. I think I think that's him and his natural ability in the game to read what's going on. Uh, I think from a coaching standpoint, you you're definitely going to have a, a stamp on him and how the team needs to play. But I mean, he's only worked with Conte uh, since January. Um, well, February really, because he joined right at the end. So, I, I don't imagine he's had that much of an impact on his individual game. I, I can't speak to it because I haven't watched him a great deal when he was at Juventus. Uh, truthfully, when these two players came in, I, I knew very little about them, um, other than the fact they were at Juventus, and I read various articles on on what they'd done, pros and cons, if you like. Um, but since they've come in, uh, all I've seen is pros. Really, did you? Was you? Was it you that, that sent that stat across about the fact that he's scored more goals and um, created more assists than 
and Nombele and Lucilso did in the two and a half years that was yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't me, but I have seen it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's a frightening. It really is, isn't it? Thing. I mean, it's, it's true. And see, here, here's the thing as well: is like some players work at clubs and some don't. And what I say by that is, if anyone watches the Champions League and watched Giovanni Di Celso play for Villarreal yesterday, you would not believe that's the same guy you've seen in a Tottenham shirt. One journalist said, Di Celso has been everything good about this performance, both in defence and attack. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> silly. Silly. <laughs> Does he have a brother? Who the hell are you on about? I ain't him. And then I watched the highlights and I'm like, damn, that's, that's uh, yeah, that was kind of impressive. Different systems, different managers, different environments. Yeah. The guy clearly thrives in Spanish football and in that environment. Like Brian Gill. Yeah, yeah, yeah that kid at yeah. Valencia is just, he looks like imperious. He just looks everything. He looks a million bucks, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's. Um, the signings, I, I can be critical, we can be critical, everyone can about signings and how they adapt and how they do, and it is not an exact science. You can get every box ticked, You can, the player wants it, you want it, everyone can be on board, and it just doesn't work. I think there are some that you... I think the difference between clubs, the super clubs, if you like, and the clubs that are fighting to become the super clubs is the super clubs financially can go, oh, well, all right, yeah, you go, then we'll get another one. Mm-hmm. Whereas we got to go, oh, we spent 60 million on you. Please, please be good. Yeah, sure, <laughs> it's like, sure. It's like, oh, come on, we're going to give you another year, all right? <laughs> Just settle and be good. Chelsea will bomb that guy out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Chelsea off. used to, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, without money. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm still smiling about that, as I read an article yesterday all about how they're new owners all coming in have all got to make these promises about investment in things but all of them every one of their new owners said the club supporters have to understand that any ownership is done on an investment basis and not not a plaything of a billionaire to launder some some of the old rubles awful They um, <clears throat> I I got a feeling. I don't know about you, but I got a feeling those bastards are still going to come out smelling a rose. Oh, they will. Just... You know what they're like. They will. To, to be fair, though, I mean, I know it's very, very sh- um, sh- short-term pleasure at the moment. But yeah. two, what's it? Seven goals now they've conceded in the last two games at home. Yeah, I'm enjoying yeah. it, Sam. I'm How much did you enjoy Ericsson scoring against oh, them? He loves scoring at, at Stamford Bridge. He does. Do you remember that he goal? Loves a goal was there. it? Was it when we? When was it? The game when we beat him? I think we beat him three-one or something. I think Delhi scored a couple of goals back when yeah. Delhi played football. And I uh, remember him, yeah, yeah he, he used to play football once, didn't he? Yeah, he did. you know. And uh, Ericsson scored that goal. Do you remember when it looked like it was going to fly over the over the over is the that, Is that the one crossbar? where the keeper clearly thought at the last minute it was going over? It was and just, it just went just in. It was like a beach ball. It just yeah. kind of. Dipped randomly, yeah, like it was, was incredible. Goal. Harry did that. <laughs> Harry had the technique to get that ball to dip right in. It was insane. It was peak Ericsson. That was peak Ericsson, wasn't it? Ridiculously good player. Yeah. Uh, so much um, 
so much love from the football world now as well. You just, I mean, that that moment, it just the Norwich players are ready to fight whoever the hell has tackled him and then seizes him and gives him a hug. It, it's just uh, one of those moments that's going to live with me. <laughs> just beautiful. <laughs> it yeah. makes me laugh. It's like, oh, you dragged me down, you son of a... Christian, I had no <laughs> idea. Oh, stay safe, buddy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was, that was And Harrison gets up laughing, like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, what, am I allowed just to boot anybody now? <laughs> He's literally going to get away with anything. You get anyway. this image of him like hacking someone down, looking at the ref and ref going, right, that's it. Oh, hey, Chris, are you feeling all right? That was out of character. Maybe just the yellow for you. You you, you make sure you keep your heart rate down. He must be like, what the hell? <laughs> you know that if he gets into a fight with a couple of Ukrainian people, people oh, are still going to love Ericsson more. <laughs> <laughs> he could lamp that Ukrainian at West Ham and people would still be like, it was justified. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. That's when you know you're at level than that. Do you know do you know talking about former players as well? Yeah. Um I watched uh, the the Everton Burnley game. God they're struggling aren't they Everton yes. I, I, when they went two yeah. one up I was thinking, wow they this they get this win and that's them kind of out of the water. Yeah, <laughs> no, but they are in deep shit. They really are. But seeing Aaron Lennon uh playing still what the the beat Aaron Lennon beating a man still still makes me smile. How old how old is Aaron Lennon now? Because oh. I I thought like I haven't Googled it or anything, but right. I seem to remember it being a long time ago that he used to play for us. A long, long time well, to ago. To be honest with you, man, it is. I mean, it's six, seven years. Uh, what, since he left Aaron, us? Or? Aaron Lennon turns 35 in two weeks' time. Because I thought he'd have been older than that. No. What, do, you, no do you remember he, that? Was it? He, he joined us at a very young he age. He must have done. Because it was, <clears> wasn't it him that... Do you remember that time when we, um, we beat uh, 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 West Ham? Yeah. Like... Was he playing in? You know, you know. Uh, when... I mean, he he joined us in two thousand and five. He left us ten years later, twenty fifteen. Two thousand and five. Do you remember that game when we when when Stalteri scored that last minute winner? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah, he was yeah, playing yeah. him, wasn't he? Because I remember him crossing <clears> the sure cross into yeah. into. Um... Uh, I, I, do you know oh, what? I honestly can't. Remember. I, the, my my major major thing with Lennon. Was, he was always exciting to play. Yes. But the goal that always sticks in my mind is at AC Milan, him and Crouchy going through. Oh. And he beats the guy and squares it. That's right. And, right, Peter Crouch, footballing icon in a lot of ways for everything. But the guy, when he ran, looked like a gazelle on stilts. <laughs> and uh, it, not none of this is here. And this don't mean to be rude or horrible. But when that ball came across to him, I just saw him air kicking. And it, uh, like I was, I remember to this day that feeling like it took an hour for the ball to get to him. <laughs> as my mind raced of all the ways he's about to like completely miss kick this or something. But <laughs> in the rational part of my brain. Crouchy always had ridiculously good technique. He did, genuinely, he? he did. Yeah. Like, the the whole well, good feet for a big man was invented for him, and so rationally, I had no reason to think that. But I just watched Lennon tear the AC Milan defence a new asshole. Yeah, yeah. And Crouch is the man, and he squares it to, him and I'm like, <gasps> like I held my breath forever, and then he scored. I mean, that was oh, what a night that was. That was something else. Yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Lennon, Lennon always, but yeah, Everton, man. Um, because I always look at Everton and kind of feel like <laughs> we have a lot in common with Everton. Thankfully, uh, not when our... it comes to points. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, in that the truth. <clears throat> but as clubs, you know, we both got noisy neighbours that tend to win more trophies than us. Mm. 
that were red. Um, we're both aspiring to kick on. We've both had glory times, which are sadly behind us, uh, but we want them again. We've just developed the stadium. They're building a new stadium. Our owners, you know, signed a lot of players to try and get us up to that level. Their owners have signed a lot of players, put a lot of money into trying. <clears throat> there is a certain kind of, you know, camaraderie with Everton. Where we're like, wow, you guys can be more Tottenham than Tottenham at times. Yeah. And they feel the same way about us. And yet, so I've never had a bad feeling towards Everton, if that makes sense. You know, you play them and everything. They're just not a, they're not a club that I have any kind of anger towards. There's a lot of clubs I have anger towards. Not Everton. Most of them in London. Of, <laughs> most of them are in London. Yeah. <laughs> One or two in Bristol. But yeah, just London. So it's weird for me. Like Everton are a Premier League mainstay. So they have been in the league since the league was incepted in 94. One of six teams that have been... Yeah, one of only six teams. And for the idea that they could go down, to me, in the way football is now and the investment they've got with the stadium being built, the owners, their squad, when you look at it, is bigger than when Leeds went down, in my opinion. I agree, I agree. Because it is just staggering that this could happen. And that result last night... It is now looking really likely. Like I looked at the run-ins between the two teams, and it is really it's a fight between Burnley and Everton. Everton have got a game in hand, but that game in hand's against Man uh, Chelsea. I think. Well, they play Man United, but yeah. the game in hand, I think, is Chelsea. Chelsea. Jesus. Um, their their running's bad. Their running is really really rough. And I look at Burnley's. I mean, other than the game against us, I you know because we're going to give them a right hiding after that one 0 Where I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> I want vengeance. I want blood. Uh, yeah, literally. Just, um, yeah, literally. I, I, I've I've been on the word the cutie Romero, who's basically lining them all up. He's a. Uh, I am um, speaking of cutie Romero, and I know I get sidetracked and apologies, but. You see um, that day he hacked down Richardson yeah. and posted on his Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So Tottenham have obviously decided that they're going to send a few of their players to do community projects and they sent QT Romero to play football with a load of young kids at Tottenham. And there's a picture of him and there's this kid like with the ball and QT laughing. It's a lovely picture and obviously he's having a good day. And so someone captioned it. Uh, QT Romero picture taken moments before this kid tried to dribble past him and he hacked him to the ground. Evidence can be seen on his Instagram as he stands over the body. <laughs> it's like, yes, brilliant, yeah, love it. Um, but yeah, going back to Everton, man, I, I, the idea of Everton going down is a crazy one. Mental. And when you look at their squad, and this is a horrible thing to say, but I'm going to say it. It is going to be a feeding frenzy. Oh, completely. We'll have, Pick- I, we'll have Pickford for a start. <laughs> well, it is it's going to be a feeding frenzy. But you you look at it and you just think about it and just go, there is no way Pickford, Calvert-Lewin and Delhi and others could possibly remain if they want to play for England at the World Cup. Yeah. So the day they go down, those players' agents are going to have to do that horrible thing of, sorry guys, I don't want you know... I know the club's having a bad time, but my client can't be here next season. You need to set a fee, and we need to agree it, and they need to find a new club. And they are not going to be short of takers. Like there will not be Pickford, for example, with a better defence in front of him is a bloody good goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> um, distribution is better than a lot, and, and just generally, he's a very good keeper. 
you are not going to struggle to find homes for these players. And um, someone said on, someone said quite interestingly on Twitter yesterday, I think it was Paul O'Keefe for those who follow Twitter, he said because of the size and the stature of the club, the vast majority of the players there won't have relegation release clauses. Of course, because it wouldn't even occur to them to put no. them in, would it? No. So uh. you are looking at a situation where that club, but those players will be demanding moves and the clubs will be demanding the monies for them. But yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be. I mean, that. Yeah, there's part of me that still thinks it won't happen. There's part of me that still thinks that despite that result, that they've still got enough about them. But their their form is awful. It's <laughs> so. terrible. But do, do you know, uh, you were talking about uh, players there as well. And you mentioned Delhi. I yeah. saw um, a couple of days ago Simon Jordan like really lay into the, the club and, and him really for, yeah. for signing him, saying that that wasn't the play you need to <clears> sign if you're. You know, you're. I mean, at the time, I guess they weren't in a relegation battle that they're in now. I don't think they would have no. foreseen they would have been where they were now. But no. he's not even started a game, has he? He's not even. No. He's not even started a game for them. He's not even been on the team no. sheet they, since they he signed. They are struggling. They're struggling to beat Burnley, and he's still sat on the bench. What? What? what there is what's... there is a defender being played in midfield ahead of him. What? What do you think it is? Like, no because I know, like. I feel like we can talk about him. I know he's not a Tottenham player anymore, but he's look, he was a Tottenham no, player for a long, long time with us. The, the, so I still feel there, affiliation, you know? There is clearly a mental capacity missing because coaches bring these players in and Frank Lampard would have seen his form for Tottenham, would have seen all of that, and he wanted him. And Lampard, probably in his brain, thought to himself, there's a player there, I can put my arm around him and I can sort this out, you know, this kid's going to be great again, he's going to arrive like I used to in the box, and I, I, I said here on the podcast, if Lampard can get him playing in that way, then we're going to see the absolute best of Dele, and you're going to see the best, you know, Everton could do really well out of this signing, and, you know, good luck to them all, but the fact that he ain't even playing suggests that there's a problem, there must be an issue that in training, coaches are seeing that we as fans don't see. Yeah. You know, whether that's just he rocks up, kicks a ball about a bit half hearted and leaves, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but, like, you, but you joke about that. What, what is it they're seeing? Because, like, this this guy, this kid, he's like, I call him, he's a kid, he's still 20, he's 25 yeah. to us, he's a kid still, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. It's different if he was like, 30, 31, 32, yeah, you can understand that. He's coming to the end of his career, slowing down, everything's slowing down, his mind's elsewhere. No. But he should be peak. Now, you look at Kane, like you say, Kane's 28. Yeah. Kane is like, he's real uber peak at the moment, you know? But yeah. Delhi should be coming into peak now, shouldn't he? And, and, I, and I shared yeah. that, I remember, I remember I shared that article, and I think I even mentioned it on a podcast a few weeks ago, where I think it was 2018, where you looked at all the different factors, age, you know, what they're doing that he was ranked second in the world below. I think it was Mbappe at the time. It might, yeah, might have been yeah, was, valued yeah. at like 198 million, you know, according to this, 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 uh, this study and this, this, um, you know, looking at all the different factors, second rated in the world. And now I honestly would even, would he even start for a championship team at the moment. I don't understand what's happened to him. No. He's, he's just well, completely crashed and bombed, isn't he? Yeah. Well, here's, here's the odd thing. I mean, if Everton go down, does he stay? I mean, what, but what club would, what premier league club would want him? <clears throat> that's that. What, well, to be honest with you, when Everton signed him, we as fans were like, 
it's it's a lot of nostalgia. We 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 hurt that he was leaving because we felt the love for him and we have all the memories and everything that's happened and we felt an affection for him. But we all, I think, to a person went, it's the right time. Yeah, it's definitely you know it's definitely right for all of us. <clears throat> I, I I just feel sadness really. I I feel kind of um. I, I I wish I could I wish I could turn around and say here's the reason, but I imagine a lot of people feel that way, possibly even Delhi himself. Yeah. You know, I wish I could tell you what's happened. Um, it, it feels like there's something mental. It's a mental thing, and so, sometimes players never get that back. I I remember um, what's the guy's name who at Liverpool was incredible, and Chelsea signed oh, like Tor- Torres. Torres, yeah. I watched that guy play for Liverpool, and he was probably at that point the best striker on the planet. Yes, he was something else. Yes, he just beat people. His pace, his finishing, everything about the guy was exceptional. It's frightening. And and he he had this saga where he was going to join Chelsea, and he, there was a World Cup that summer, and I think the transfer was going through during the World Cup. And I watched the World Cup. He was awful, and everyone was watching the World Cup going. Who the hell's this guy? Because yeah. <laughs> this isn't the player we know. And he never recovered. It was like his form dipped and he just never. And a lot of people point to the fact, well, he still scored sort of like so many goals for Chelsea. It's like, yeah. And I got no doubt that if Delhi played every single minute of every single week, Delhi would still pick up a goal here and there. But he's not the same player. And Torres was never the same player. He just faded away. And sometimes that can happen. Your know, players just have this burn fast and bright, and then whatever happens, and and they're not able to get it back. But then uh, equally, you do get players that seem to just vanish and then have a kind of resurgence towards the end of their career. Um, maybe, maybe in a couple of years' time, Delhi's going to look on fire again, and we're all going to go, ah, oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> but you know what? You'd even like you look at some players. Like I'm thinking of Dyer, for example. Like Dyer mm. had some horrible injuries, didn't he? And then yeah. I remember Mourinho loved Mourinho loved him. Like you know, Mourinho wanted yeah. him to play, and he, and he, I think he said he wanted to take him to Man United. And I remember going to a few games and. Dyer was awful and really awful to the yeah. point where it was like, you know, when you watch those testimonial games, some yeah. of them retire players and you're like, he wouldn't look out of place playing in one of these games, you know, yeah, but he just, rough. he just kept getting played, 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 played 90 minutes, played 90 minutes. And he just found that again, you know, yeah. and yeah. and you wonder whether Delhi, I know he hasn't had the injuries, but you wonder whether if he could find a club, maybe in the That's championship I don't know him, yeah. just keep playing 90 minutes every single game yeah. and then he might like you say that, that spark might come it, back it will, it will click because the, the guy is a confidence player where he, he everything he tried came off like when he signed for us he was 18 years old I'm going to flick it over this guy's head ah, it worked I'm yeah. going to hit a volley yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it was just playground stuff it was like watching Gaza again when Gaza first played for us it was just and then his ability to time runs, to arrive into the box, the header, uh, old old ping passes, and Delhi had run past the last man and volley at home. You know, it was, it it was something else. It really was. And I think he, at the moment, not feeling confident, won't even try that stuff. And but that's him. That's his game. You know, the ability to do that. Um, I remember when he was just re-emerging under Jose and there was this game, I think it was West Ham, and he did this flick, like the ball was going out of play and he managed to flick it back That's in right. and he ended up scoring. That's right, it. yep, I remember that at and, their ground, and, yeah. 
and I remember seeing it. I was like, that that's Delhi. That's Delhi all over. Like no other player would have thought in that moment, I'm going to flick this ball like this. Mm. It just he's something else. And if he can find that again by playing week in week out, someone's got a real player there. Whether it's Everton or not, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's strange. I I, I um, it's such a strange situation there, but. I uh, I mean that's them. <laughs> uh, we we smashed Newcastle five one. I'm just going to say that again because <laughs> I think it needs to be said. And of course that does have a big impact on the top four. Um, as as weekends go with results, that was pretty much as good as we could possibly have hoped. Yeah. Uh, we went into it behind Arsenal with a slightly uh, poor goal difference, and we scored five, so we got plus four from our game, and they lost three 0 so they had a minus three. What's that? A plus seven, seven goal swing. swing yeah, uh, you couldn't have asked for a better weekend for us. Uh, we now sit fourth. Um, uh, they do have a game in hand, but we now sit fourth. Uh, we play each other, so it's kind of. I, I said it before, and I felt it, and I and I still mean it. We win our games. Is is it's us? It's in our hands, uh, despite their game in hand. So it is a. It's going to be a real fight, uh, and Sky TV have decided to shit on it for fans like they always do, and because they know it's going to be a real fight, they've moved a load of fixtures and kickoff times to make life friggin' difficult for everybody. Um, I say Sky TV, it includes BT as well. Um, so the week that we're playing Arsenal, we're playing them on a Thursday, um, and the game before is Liverpool. And we play Liverpool on the Saturday, and they've moved our game from the afternoon to the night time. So fans from Tottenham have got to travel up to Liverpool, and the last train home, quite literally, leaves before the game finishes. Yeah, it's not. It's not on, is it? It's awful. Yeah. I mean, where's the consideration for fans in that? There's, there's none. There's zero consideration. And yet, how long ago was it with the oh, fans? You make football. Yeah. We miss having fans in the stadium. It's like, no, you don't. It's it's funny <laughs> because um, you know we we've, we've got that that ban uh, that's still which seems so silly now. The three o'clock on the Saturday ban. Yeah. To make to, you know it was to it was for the fans going to the games. But yeah. it's almost like it's gone completely opposite now, isn't it? And it's all about uh, the fans that watch it on the telly now, isn't it? it well, it is. I mean, yeah. and but and, and I will say this: it is when you see the amount of money these TV companies pay. Yeah, of yeah. course they're going to dictate what works best for them. It's down to the league. You know, you can be angry at Sky and you can be angry at BT, and that's fine. But they are paying an exponential amount of money, which enables this league to have some of the best players in the world earning the best wages and stuff for us to be entertained by it. So it is a balancing act, but I do think the Premier League, I do think the FA really do need to look at that and go, right, yeah, in the next TV deal, completely, you're you're paying top money for all of this, but we want something fan consideration. And because the funny thing is, is like if they companies agreed to it and went with it, they'd be popular, you know? Yeah, sure. It's like, you know, oh yeah, you're right. Sky TV fans come first. Kickoff times and or if if a kickoff time has to be moved, Sky TV are going to subsidise travel. You know, anything like that, mm. which would be pennies for them, but you know, a real kind of gesture to everybody else. There's so many things that could be done, but right now they don't have to. So why would they? No, absolutely. And do you know what? You can see how they can afford to give these clubs so much money. I was, uh, yeah. I, we come up. Um, so I've had Sky for the last four years. 
And yeah. uh, I always got the whole package. What I tend to do is when the package comes to an end, I phone them up. And yeah. normally, if you go through to the retention team, they don't want you to I go. I want to quit the gym. Yeah. Yep. So they just throw loads and loads of discounts at you. And last time, last so 18 months ago, they threw so many discounts at me that I had literally the entire package, Sam, movies, Sky yep. Sports, BT Sports, everything for 80 quid. Yep. So yeah, I, I got nice. I got an email a couple of months ago. Yeah, it's going to go up to 160. Right. So yep. I phoned them up retentions not interested uh we can knock it down to 145 if you like oh, no wow. you're right so yeah. i've basically gone to virgin now i didn't want to because it's a pay, it's a pain changing everything over but i've now just got beat like basically because virgin have got affiliation with bt sports they yeah. seem to be able to throw that in really cheaply so i've just nice. got like a basic tv package and bt sports now but i haven't got sky sports but even if you like even with virgin if you had sky sports on it's like 40 quid yeah. and you think that's one person of all the millions of people watching it no wonder they just got so much to throw no, at these clubs, they, you know. They, they rake in, they yeah. rake in from everyone, and they creep the prices up constantly. Uh, in the last twelve months, they put my price up twice. Is, yeah. But they do it in like a couple of quid. They're like, oh, we've added a pound to Sky Movies. Yeah. We've added a pound to this. We've added a pound to that. And we're doing all this great. We're doing all this. You know, you're paying for this wonderful entertainment. I'm looking at. It and I'm like, so basically. I was paying hundred odd quid a month. Now I'm paying hundred and twenty quid for nothing more. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nothing has improved. Nothing has changed. I've not got a greater service. I've not got extra channels. You've literally just bumped the price up for what? And you think if there's if there's yeah. twenty million people with that subscription, times yeah. that twenty million by the by the ten every yeah, month, yeah. another oh, yeah. hundred yeah, million it's... a month in it. They've just made. Yeah, well, these companies, you know, you stick a quid on it, and everyone will just swallow it. And they're right. They were. Yeah. I did. But that extra one quid a month on twenty million subscribers, yeah, twenty million a month, 20 million yeah. Quid. Yeah. yeah. Let's throw some let's more at the football oh, clubs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's, let's make sure we can get kickoff times whenever we want. Yep, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But anyway, it is time to head across to our social media because it's time to hear the points and the questions from fellow Tottenham fans. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. It's that time. It's that question again. Facebook or Instagram? Let's just go Facebook this week, Sam, shall we? Facebook, Facebook. Facebook, we have three. So I'll kick us off with Michael Jasper Annis, who says, has your opinion on Doherty changed since you last said he should leave? Yes. How's the Harry Kane total goals bet coming along? Getting better. Okay, do you remember how many you said he'd get? How many did I say? No, I'm, I'm genuinely asking. It was about I 15, so I think I've won the bet there, Sam, and I? 15, jagger. <laughs> I've got it written down. Unless you can find uh, it, it never yeah, happened. Yeah, well, I'm going to find it. Yeah, I'm sure you said 25, but we'll come back to that. Um, yeah, the, the, the bet's... I'm not nervous. I, I still feel pretty safe about that bet, but I am going to have to find it because I wrote it down in sort of big stars next to it and kept it in my... I have a little folder for all things podcasty, and I'm going to find it. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, my opinion on Doherty changed. It's, do you know what? This is a, an interesting one because um, there was a good few months ago, if I was selling players, he would have been the first yes, to go. 100%. Like, if someone came in and went, I will pay you what you paid for them, yeah, gone. Yep, Goodbye. Yep. Um, it has been a rejuvenation. It's been a renaissance. He is playing in the role he knows now, which of course massively helps him. Uh, he now you can see is confident again, uh, and you cannot underestimate the impact that has on everybody in every walk of life, whatever job you're doing. 
Um, would I sell him today? Uh, no, no, probably not. If in the summer someone came along and was like, hey, i got one of the world's best right wing backs here, but I need Doherty in trade, I'd probably still say yes. But I, I don't know. It's difficult because you can get into these horrible situations where a player plays well for a few weeks and suddenly you forget the fact he's been crap for two seasons. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, it's like, ugh, you know, 60 games of rubbish, 10 games of good doesn't ratio out. You know, it doesn't quite iron it out yet. But right now, so based purely on where we are right now, absolutely not. I, I think as a right wing back, he offers everything that Conte wants to see. I, I think uh, Royale is still struggling, um, and I still think that improving the wing backs could be something that which would make us an even better side. But the thing with Doherty, and I think it's always worth keeping in mind from a squad point of view is he came through the Wolves Academy, which means even though he's from the Republic of Ireland, he is classed as homegrown in the Premier League. So with that, with the rules set around the squad building as it is for that, it's definitely worth him being there and being part of the setup. But you do need at least two good options at wing-backs, I think, both sides. Um, I think we have it on the left. I think Regulon, I think Sessignon does that for me personally. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not sure on the right, but Doherty being one of them now wouldn't be a problem for me like it was a few months ago. It's just it, it's sense. a com- it's a confidence thing for him. I think like we've said Big before, time, yeah. Mourinho and probably Delhi uh, destroyed a lot of players' confidence. Really destroyed yeah. it. There's a picture of um, I don't know if you've seen it of Mourinho just staring coldly at, at, at Doherty and Doherty yeah. just looks broken and you look at the top yeah. top hand corner and we're winning the game 3-0 and it's like towards yeah. the end of the game and he's and he, honestly Doherty just looks like a broken man you never see him smile now no. the guy looks yeah, like yeah. you say rejuvenated like banging yeah. him in right place right time wants to be there wants the ball running past honestly yeah. you've it's, it's confidence it's a different guy yeah. it's, a, it's a different player um, it's the player we all thought we signed yeah you know well, well the thing is like before he scored that goal uh, against Newcastle mm. the last time he scored at our stadium was against us for Wolves and, yeah. and he used to bang him in for Wolves didn't he you yeah. know yeah but then again he was playing wing back uh, yeah. whereas Mourinho had him as a full back yeah. so yeah it's um, definitely definitely a difference and yeah you're right Michael my opinion has changed yeah. uh, next one is Ryan Miller Cuti Romero, discuss. He's unbelievable. What a brilliant signing. Best thing that happened to Tottenham since Spurs news. Nice, Ryan. <laughs> Good boy. Brownie points. Uh, seriously, what a player. I think that pretty much covered the discussion. <laughs> Me and you had this chat just the other day. He is... That performance of his against Newcastle, if we're singling people out, was on another level for me. He was immense. It was ridiculous how good he was. Yeah, I, I misses the group tonight. I, I think I yeah. did about three or four glasses of wine, so I was feeling a little <laughs> bit tipsy. You were feeling the love. But I just yeah. love the. I just honestly, it's it's that Dembele feeling. Yeah. You know, I just love the fact we have him, and like honestly, look. I, I really don't want to get carried away. I really don't, but I'm yeah. going to get carried away, right? Good man, yes. Virgil van Dijk level, this guy. Virgil van Ooh. Dijk. He really is. Honestly. He, he is, for, for me, he is definitely right there as some of the best defending I've seen. Um, I, I, I did caveat it when we talked about it the other day, and I will say it on the podcast as well. There is moments in his game where I think 
he needs to just either concentrate and and um Conte pointed out as well it's like it's his concentration it's not so much that his decision making it's just if he need, he stays focused and if he does that because his timing of every challenge every interception against Newcastle was it's, it's, it's like unbelievable. It's like he's got some special powers, isn't it? He can read yeah. the game so well. And what I love as well is you're watching it, and and then you'll see like Kulisewski going down a wing or something, and then like who's the two guys up front? Romero yeah. and Kane. What's he doing? Up he, um, there? He, he loves it. He, he, you can tell. He just gets right into the game. Like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. Yeah, put one on my head. But but the thing um, is, the way Conte's set this up, he can do it because just yeah. just falls back, doesn't he? He, he can yeah, do he it. Does. And and he he is a talented player on the ball. He's confident on the ball. He likes the confrontation, which means that in the Premier League he's like a duck to water. Yes. The the issue is constantly is the worry that the guy's a yellow card magnet. He really is, and it is a worry that he, the way he plays the game is so on the edge that once he's booked, you're like, oh no, yeah. it could be red, because that's his game, and you don't want to take that away from him. Like I wouldn't want him not to play the way he plays. I know a lot of other people that I talk to are always a bit like, oh, he didn't need to make that challenge. And you're right. There are times you look at it and you go, he didn't have to. I get the impression with him, and it's possibly defending in Italy for a few years, it's the attitude of, yeah, I didn't have to break the guy down, but I felt he needed to know that I'm here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, that, it's such an Italian defending mentality of, all right, you got past me last time. I'm not a fan of that. So next time you try, I'm going to break you. And that way you know you have that little bit of fear. You have that little bit of like, oh, no, do I want to try that again and get hurt? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, but he's still, as a defender, he's still a year or two away from his peak. The guy, we, we've bought him at like an amazing time. He is, the upside there is phenomenal. You know, it really is. And... That Newcastle performance was, for me, the most complete defensive performance I've seen. And uh, again, someone put on Twitter, and it's like, could you imagine a beautiful scenario where Prime, Vertonghen and Alderweireld were in a three with QT yeah, there you go. <laughs> and do you know what, Sam? It's not just the Newcastle game. Don't get me wrong. You're right. It was a complete performance. But every every time I've seen him play recently, you know, like when I'm at the ground, I say to I say to Sip, watch him, watch how good he is. And every single yeah. time, he doesn't let me down. He's just no, he the is, way he can he read the good. ball. He's, he is really good. It's it's fantastic. And it's it's for me, it's that almost that that Ledley King kind of calm. Like you no, know, he's got the two things that Ledley had, which is. He can read the read the game so naturally, yeah. and he's just that such a calming influence. You don't feel stressed when 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 he's there, and yeah. you do with some centre backs, didn't you? But yeah, he doesn't do, yeah. he doesn't give you that feeling. You just feel like, oh, Romero's got it, almost like the Dembele, you know. But yeah, but as a as a centre back, as a centre back, you know. Yeah, top top player. Um, so there you go, Ryan. We discussed Cutie. Uh, the final one from Facebook is Matthew Fleming who says, is it just me who's starting to fall in love with this team? Their hard work is showing on the pitch and that makes it so easy to cheer them on. Uh, I know what you mean. Uh, I know what you mean by that. A lot of people are like, oh, it's Tottenham. Of course I love them. But I, uh, I know what you mean by this team. Um, the Pochettino team. Yes. I loved. Like, you know, there are players coming in and out of it, but there was a an affection for every single one of those players, which is still held to this day. Uh, hence the way we talked about Ericsson and Delhi earlier on, and Dembele, etc. For Tonga and Alderweireld, you know, yeah. there, there is a real deep connection and feeling. 
I'm starting to. Um, it's difficult. I'm starting to feel it. it is this weird kind of? I think because we had months of win one, lose one. I still have this kind of. I'm going to guard my emotions a little bit and not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hurt before, everybody, yeah. <laughs> and um, many times. So, but, but the Newcastle game just felt so good. You know, watching them play that way. And uh, don't let people diminish it either. Don't let people do that. It was Newcastle. Because that's such a bullcrap thing. In the Premier League, you beat a fellow Premier League side 5-1. You've done well. It doesn't matter how they played. You have played well. Because in the Premier League, every team in that league is more than capable of 10 behind the ball and stopping you playing. And Newcastle tried and we broke through them constantly. Which is something we have struggled constantly with yeah but the way this team have set up now and the way they are confidently moving the ball remember like just a few weeks ago we surrendered possession constantly and it was like counter-attack football and i heard people going oh it's just jose Mourinho 2.0 and i kept arguing it saying it's not this is so different this is this is tactical this is kind of trust me this is different and now again this team are more confident we dominated the ball against Newcastle in this system, but any time Newcastle came forward and they lost it, we went at them like fire. It was unbelievable. Like the pace in which we turn from defence into attack when we want to now must frighten teams to death. Yeah, and also teams now know, like your, your Burnleys and teams like that, yeah. no, they can't just do that, put 10 men behind them. Block. It's not going to exactly. work. Newcastle, Newcastle went 1-0 up, and I thought, this game's going to be hell. Yeah. This game is going to be a nightmare. They're just going to pack their own box, and we're not going to be able to break them down. And uh, it was a complete fallacy. We ripped through them. And the reason why we ripped through them is this system, is the fact that the players have all bought into it. Like you mentioned about Romero coming forward, the fact that Romero or Davies or Dyer do that on a regular basis overloads. They're they're defending and they're like, well, bloody hell, Romero just ran past me. What? <laughs> you know, who, who do I track, boss? He's you know? insane. Um, He's actually yeah. quite comical seeing him up there. Like centre back, he, look, he looks literally... lost as well. He's got this look on his face of like, I'm sure I should be based around here somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I've been He's sent so, up here so far yeah. forward. Yeah, it's insane. He loves it. He loves it. He's a, especially when we're really winning a game as well. Oh, I do just want to mention quickly on that 5-1, uh, because not that I've talked about us beating Newcastle 5-1 enough or anything, um, was the Bergwijn coming off the bench. Um, because the guy's just been electric for the Netherlands. You know, he played two games, scored three. Um, everyone's kind of like, you know, oh, we got to find a way for Bergwijn to get into it. And I and I think I said to you, it's like, well, this is the idea of having a squad. Yeah. You know, Lucas has done nothing wrong, but Kulisevsky is a level above. Uh, Bergwijn's done nothing wrong, but Sonny is a level above right now. And then we're watching a game where those two come on as subs with 10 minutes to go, and then Lucas sets up Bergwijn to score the fifth goal. And I'm like, hello, yeah. this, is, this is what it should be. Yep. This is... You want players that are going to go, right, well, if I'm on the bench, the minute I come on, I'm going to show you why I should start the next game. Affect the game, yeah. Affect the game. And if you can create this, we are a squad, regardless if you're starting on the pitch or you're starting on the bench, we are all in this together and we're all contributing together, you you can really go far. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know where their futures are. I don't know whether in the summer they're going to want to play for a club that they start every week, and that's fine. Uh, But... Right now, our focus is purely on these last games. 
having Bergwijn and Lucas, who are clearly ready. They are ready to come on. They are ready to impact and affect the game, and they are ready to start if they need to. You know, it is such a bonus for for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next one is uh, this is a message that came into Instagram. Lovely Laura sent it to me. It's a guy called Jack, who says, "I know I'm jumping the gun a bit, but say Spurs managed to get fourth. Are you at all worried that Levy and Paratici will?" be complacent and what they'll feel the squad is good enough and not make significant moves in the summer it feels like that's how Levy has acted in the past or do you think that they will support Conte as much as possible I'm not sure either way thanks guys hope all is well uh, I'm not too bad got a bit of a bug I think got a cold coming but thank you for asking <laughs> um, it's difficult this isn't it because we can look at this and go, Conte has been so clear, <laughs> so clear, status quo isn't good enough. The club need to back him in the summer because he wants to win something next season. And he ain't going to be able to do that with this squad. Regardless of the tune he's getting out of it, he needs a better set of instruments, you know? Um, that's He's been so abundantly clear. Will that translate to action from our owners? Every part of you wants to go, well, obviously, why wouldn't they? But then you've got to taint, sort of got to put that with the fact that they've owned us for 20-odd years and we have never done that, regardless of how good a manager's been. Harry Redknapp was right on the cusp of turning us into a title-winning side, potentially, and they gave him dross to work with, mm. and we fell away. Mauricio Pochettino got us to a Champions League final. He did everything on a shoestring budget compared to everyone else. And the minute where they had to back him or not, they fired him. <laughs> you know? So it just... It, it, you can't... They're, they're a strange bunch with a strange ideas. Their idea of showing ambition in that moment was to fire him and appoint a, a winner in Jose Mourinho. The club is still recovering from Jose Mourinho's dinosaur-like tactics oh. and dinosaur-like training methods. There are players in our squad who are still not as fit as they were because of that crap, and they just haven't been able to adjust and sort themselves out. Um, it is a... Right now, everything's in place. One of the best managers in the world, one of the best players in the world, the best stadium in the world, one of the best training facilities in the world. Literally, you've got everything to invest and go now win stuff because that is that's that's the monkey on our back that is literally it everyone who's a Tottenham fan knows that every time we have a conversation about Tottenham and trying to push on every other fan from every other club which is ridiculous uh, trophy dodgers it's like all right whatever yeah, okay yeah fine we haven't won anything in a while boohoo nor of Wrexham, but you seem to be giving me shit. I don't quite know where that's come from. <laughs> but yeah. and, and that's it. And it is the monkey on the club's back because once that's gone, no one can say crap, really. The, the club are then moving forward and Conte is the kind of guy who... You know, you, you get the impression if Jose had won that League Cup, he'd have left Tottenham as a smug bastard. Oh, I won a trophy. Yeah. Yeah. I get the impression with Conte. Conte lifts a trophy, goes right now, next one. Yeah. Now, now, now we do that again. Now that's two. Now, now we need the three. Now we need to finish with season with four. Okay. Now we've won. Now we won all four. We're going to be the first team to retain all four. Yeah. You know. And also as well, you get the feeling with Conte that don't get me wrong. Like you know, 
as a human being, you everyone has ego. So yeah. there's going to be an element of him wanting to win it for his his uh, of course his reputation. But yeah. you know, if he wins something, and this might be just me being naive, but I get the impression from what you see and what you hear and what you, what you what I observe of him that if we were to win a trophy. That's for you guys. I've won that. That's right. That's our, that's our trophy. Like yeah. for us, for the fans, for the players. Mourinho walks away. That's what I won. That's what I won. Yeah. You know. It, it's it's interesting you say that actually because language uh, can give people away. Jose talks about the trophies he's won in his career. Mm. Conte talks about the trophies the clubs have there you won go. under his management. There you go, Sam. That just there is, is is a significant difference, and he does talk about in an interview a couple of weeks ago about how the Tottenham fans have given him more love than he could have possibly imagined. And he he, feel, he said he felt unworthy of that. It's like you guys have just been great to me from the start and I feel like I've not earned, I've done nothing to but, earn But the thing is, we, we, like, we're we not mugs and we know, no. and I've said this before, we know with Conte that he's like, this is a guy that's got the reputation and he's, he's putting his heart and soul yeah. into doing this you know you can see yeah. like you know the, the, the way he sulks after we lose the way he goes mental when yeah. we score he's he's, he's almost like he's become he's living every minute yeah, yeah it's like he's got he had before he joined us he had absolutely zero association with Tottenham Hotspur but yeah. now he's like a die hard Tottenham fan yeah. isn't he yeah well I, I think without a shadow of a doubt the guy if he takes a job he's all in you know I think he is all in and I think as a Tottenham fan, I think I'm under no illusions that if when, if and when he goes, he's with another club, he'd be all in there as well. I think that's him. He has to have that. And I think the reason, one of the key reasons perhaps he didn't join us in the summer is he didn't feel it. You know, he didn't feel that kind of, no, you know, I, I, I want this money, I want this. And there was the argument about players signing and stuff. And I think he looked at him and went, yeah, I don't feel that passion at all. I, I can't. And then when we came back around, he'd been out of the game for a bit longer, and I think he looked at it and he went, "Yeah, let's have this." <laughs> oh, yeah, let's yeah. have this. I, I I can feel this again, and he did. You know, from day one, he's come in and just been fired up. Yeah, is <laughs> an understatement. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, you you watch Conte cam for the five goals against it. Newcastle. I love it. And you watch the fifth goal. Bergwijn goes in. He is smiling and pointing to his um, to his bench because he wants all of them because he knows he's about to score. He is confident. He loves this team now. You can see it. And then he hits the back of the net and he goes mental. Poor Ryan Mason must catch Antonio Conte <laughs> four or five times. I mean, he just like he must be his base must just be solid as hell now. His core muscles. Um, yeah, good old Mace. What, what did you do as a coach while I caught the manager and tried to launch himself into <laughs> us? Yeah. Did you see just as Bergwijn? I don't know if you've seen the picture. Just as Bergwijn was about to put it in the back of the net. Sunny. Yeah, Sunny smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I posted it. Oh, yeah, you always see the Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. So, so someone sends it into us, and I, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's brilliant. That's going on the page." Uh, okay, so to finish us off then, again from Instagram, it's the Johnny Stark. Johnny, I think I've got to the point now, mate, where I need, you need your own intro, but you're not like a mountain man, or you're not island brother. By the way, mountain man, island brother, where's the love? Mm, where are the comments? Where are the questions? Miss you guys. Where are you? Um, you know, when things are bad, you're right there telling everyone it's wrong. Come on, we won 5-1. <laughs> Bring the love, guys. Uh, but yeah, Johnny, the Johnny Stark, I don't know. I, I still think he sounds like... It could be like a real 90s DJ, though, don't you? Yeah. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Johnny Stark Show. <laughs> yeah. 
Loved, loved. Johnny Stokes from America, by yeah. the way. I've, I've chatted to him a lot. He's a really great guy. Um, so me doing a British 90s cheesy DJ is probably about the furthest away you could be from him. <laughs> but it does sound like one. Uh, so he says, number one, how high are your hopes right now? Very high. Yep. Matt, yeah, yep. okay. Ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Far too high, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, number two, how are you feeling about the Harry Kane goal tally bet? I'm still feeling good, Matt. How are you feeling? I am. Do you know what? I I, I don't think I'm gonna get, he's going to get as many as I said. But do you know what? Yeah. I, I've got. A, I was going to. This is a good. Good segue to me. Get. Are you going to tell me it's a moral victory? No, no. I was going to. I was going to get in because I don't. I don't do my. I, I very rarely do my match stats anymore, didn't I? But I wanted no, to squeeze no. in on this day, if you don't mind, regarding Bring Harry it. Kane. So on this day. The 7th of April, yeah. 2014, so eight long years ago, Harry yeah. Kane scored his first Premier League goal for Tottenham. Do you know that? Wow. And also, it was I in a 5-1 win that. as well against Sunderland. Nah, that's funny. I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, eight years ago. Eight years Against ago. Sunderland? Yeah, 5-1. In a 5-1. We love whooping them boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But... North East, get your ass kicked at Tottenham, baby. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh... I, I don't think he's going to get the amount, I guess. But he's... Look, the difference between Harry Kane's second half of the season and Harry Kane first half of the season, it's been phenomenal, the changes, isn't it? In there, yeah, it's, it's yeah. like Matt Doherty level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, so the next one I've got here is, should the physios just sit skip for the rest of the season as a precaution? It seems like every time he's about to go, he aggravates this injury. Um, yeah, the Oliver Skip situation is a... It's an interesting one. Um... I love Skippy and it worries me that this injury seems to be persisting and I've talked a lot about is it now a mental thing and stuff like that. The the press have confirmed he's still experiencing pain. I don't think you want to make it known or possibly tell the young player who's a very competitive driven footballer do you know what mate just take eight weeks off I I think he would climb the freaking walls (laughs) I think you want him trying to come back Uh, but at the same time I want the club to be looking at his long term health because he has got 10 years at the heart of our midfield ahead of him he really is that good and will continue to just be that good for us i know he will um that if he has to miss the next run of games then he has to miss the next run of games um it's going to be benson cure and hoybier are bringing the best out of each other right now um, Winksy came on and you could tell in a confident side he looks like himself uh, I wouldn't want him coming on to try and change a game, definitely. But Winksy can fill that role, definitely, yeah. until the end of the season. Skip, if we can avoid him hurting himself longer term, then, yeah, I, I wouldn't be against it. But at the same time, I wouldn't want to discourage him now. I, I I mean, he is such a driven little sod. <laughs> He's not yeah. little either, but he is so... Little in terms of age, let's say. He is such a driven, focused player that you'd want him to just be focusing on coming back. And Conte loves him, absolutely wants him in this side in squad. And Skip must be frustrated as hell. But yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's a valid point. And I think as fans, short term missing him for eight games but having him for 10 years is definitely the trade I'd make mm. without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, mate, that's it. Next up is Aston Villa away, uh, which is the the Laura Derby, as I call it, because her other half is a Villa fan. 
Um, so that's that's going to be a tough day for her. <laughs> potentially, potentially a tough day for her. And of course, if Villa win, I don't talk to her for a week out of sheer anger and pettiness. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a joy for her working with me day in day out on Spurs news. You can tell. You can tell that sometimes I say stuff to her, and I I can almost feel the sense of why did I ever say I joined this bunch of idiots to to do this bless her so so i could promote her only uh, no anyway no not allowed to do that not allowed to promote that anymore uh but anyway mate that's it that's just wrapped um villa away how are you feeling does seb have a prediction because seb's last game he said we win four nil it was a four goal margin so I, i'm still thinking mystic seb has a role to play i need to know what he thinks about the villa game yeah i did ask him yesterday actually he said three one he thinks three one to Spurs, so yeah. yeah, okay, three-one. Yeah. So, so that's a two-goal win. I'm going to place a bet, one pound, that we win by two goals in some capacity, because you know I, I think Mystic Seb might not get the scoreline exact, but he's he's getting he's getting the margin. He's, right. he's feeling so, something. He's getting some vibes, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, so Seb, Mystic Seb, who, by the way, if he wants to record his predictions, I have got a Mystic Seb intro and outro. Right. Next week we'll get him on it. Genuinely done it. He'd lo- love that. We'll get him on next week, Seb. <laughs> right. Remind me, and I'll send it to you, With and you can play it to him. Cool. Uh, yeah. Mystic Seb. Mystic Seb. <laughs> love dun, it. Dun, dun, love that. that. Love that. Uh, but yeah. So everyone, thank you so much for being with us and listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We will be back next week to talk all things Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, One of the things we're going to be planning or trying to work out logistics is what we're going to do about that Arsenal game. Arsenal game's a Thursday night. It would probably make sense for us to maybe record the show on the Friday. Um, But... I don't know. <laughs> so we're going to think about that. We're going to maybe there's a Thursday and a Friday show that week and on the Thursday we grab a gooner on with us. But um we'll we'll see. Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. I I might be too tense and stressed. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. See how the other results are. Maybe it'll be concluded by then. Who knows. Yeah. Uh but until then everybody, you take care. We'll be back soon. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.